This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast, specifically to part two of a two-part reflection that we are doing on why our body matters to God and how the physical health of the body actually is an influencer in our spiritual health. All of that, if you didn't listen to the first part, you need to go back, listen to it, because it's based on this theological foundation that God has honored and created the body good, that we reject just naturalism that says there's no creator, or dualism that says that the spiritual world is good while the physical world is evil. No, Christianity says God has honored the physical self. We will forever be physical people in a body. That's what the resurrection and the new creation teach us. And so, therefore, we should shouldn't separate our life into a physical category that's like evil and a spiritual category that is good. No, we should try to honor God in our physical, spiritual bodies. We should follow Romans 12, 1 and 2, offering up to God the members of our body as instruments for righteousness. So, the body matters to God. And this particular reflection that I want to do with you today on how it matters to God has to do with the hustle and bustle of the holidays. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but I was thinking back for just a little bit on um, some of my favorite Christmas movies. So, like, I love at Christmas time watching myself a good Christmas movie. I don't know if this is the top-tier Christmas movie, but I feel like it is. I absolutely love Home Alone, okay? And if you've ever watched Home Alone, one, two, three, four, five, I don't know if they have a five, actually. I don't even know if they have a four, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's an iconic movie series. There's a lot of them, right? If you've ever watched those, the premise is a family is running around so busy that they have, like, you know, a million things going on, And somehow, in the hustle and bustle of all of it, they leave their child home alone as the family, you know, leaves for like a European vacation or, you know, some sort of epic thing. They somehow just happen to leave their child back, which I I don't even want to get into what we would do today. Those parents wouldn't be home alone. They'd be in jail alone because you can't do that sort of stuff. But it's no coincidence that the backdrop of all those movies is Christmas time, right? It's holidays, because in American life, Christmas time is not just the most joyful time of year, it's the busiest time of year. I don't know if you feel this, but it just gets it gets crazy, people. It gets so crazy that it becomes plausible that we think we might leave our children at home while we fly to Paris. Somehow that that concept, we can see that happening. You know, like the parents are running around like mad and you kind of go, well, yeah, I can see that. Our stress goes through the roof. Our schedules get completely packed and out of control. Our finances are stressed to the max. And we are eating like horses through the holiday season. You know, I'm not even sure if that helps contribute to the stress or if the way we deal with it is just like a constant, never-ending sugar high. The holidays are crazy. They're absolutely crazy. And you run around and you go and you go and you go and you go and you go. And in the midst of that, I think we neglect two things that really matter. We neglect Advent, like anticipating the coming of Christ. I think you have to slow down to do that, by the way. We'll get to that. That the hustle and bustle of the holidays 
are actually antithetical to waiting and anticipating the coming of Christ. But then secondly, it's not just that we neglect Advent, we neglect to focus on Christ, it's we neglect to care for ourselves. We neglect the physical body. So stress goes through the roof, but we don't sleep. We don't get out in the sun. We don't sweat. We neglect working out. And so then we begin to break down, not only mentally, but physically. And so if your body matters to God, I want you to think about just the simple reality that coming up on the most wonderful busy time of year, you might need to reflect on how to reset some schedules in your life to try to cultivate a healthy holiday season, a healthy Christmas. Okay, I want to give you a a biblical backdrop to this, not just to Christmas, but to why rest and recharge matter to God. And this is a episode in scripture that has fascinated me. 1 Kings chapter 18 is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. It is the story of Elijah confronting the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And so if you haven't read it, go read it. It's awesome. 1 Kings chapter 18 Elijah goes up there. There are 450 prophets of Baal who call out to Baal from morning till noon, dancing around. No one hears them. Elijah mocks them and then ultimately builds an altar to God, covers it in water, and says a simple prayer, God, show that you are the Lord. And God sends fire from heaven. It consumes the altar, and Elijah wins a great victory for God over the prophets of Baal. That is like that's a high point moment of life, right? It's a top 10 moment, probably. I mean, if Elijah has more moments than that that make his top 10, he's got a great life. It's amazing. Absolute pinnacle moment of his life. Now, go to the next chapter. 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm just going to read a bit of it. It says, Ahab, the king at that time, told Jezebel, the evil queen, everything Elijah had done, how he had killed the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, may the gods punish me and do severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, He left his servant there, but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Okay, just, okay, pause just for a second. He is a day removed. He's like scarcely days removed from the highest point of his life. And now he's crashed down to the point where he says, life isn't worth living anymore. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how quickly we can crash. I find this, by the way, at Christmas time. For many people, you walk around the stores, they're singing at you, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's also the saddest time of year for many people. It's the time when a recent loss becomes more painful. It's the time when you you almost have it thrown in your face that everybody around you seems to have this ideal family while when yours is broken. You know, it's the time where you're running around and brokenness and family is made most prominent. 
And so people come off this most wonderful time of year. It's also one of the most stressful, lonely, sad, depressing times of the year. People crash right after the high points many, many, many times. So Elijah said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. And he's crashing on the backside of the mountain. You know, that's really true. I recently was with a friend. He was telling me a story of being in Europe, coming and seeing the Matterhorn, this great uh, European mountain. But it's also a mountain where they have a memorial uh, for many people who've died climbing it. Interestingly, though, that memorial is not on the way up the mountain. The memorial is on the backside of the mountain, on the way down, because more people die on the descent than they do climbing the mountain. That's a principle we're not going to unpack totally today, but you should write it down. Actually, it's rarely in the midst of stress or difficulty where people crash. It's on the backside of the mountain. It's coming down from that. It's, it's not the hustle and bustle time. We can kind of fake it through. Our adrenaline drives us through, but we get to the other side and we realize we are physically and spiritually empty. And that's what Elijah did. He's crashing on the backside of the mountain. He says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. And then 1 Kings 19.5 says, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel told him, Get up and eat. Not get up and pray. Get up and eat. Then he looked, and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. He slept again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. He said, get up and eat or the journey will be too much for you. So he got up, ate and drank. And then on the strength from that food, he walked 40 days, 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. He entered a cave and spent the night there. Suddenly, then the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the stone, the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Then God said, Go ahead and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. And at that moment, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and shattering the cliffs before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and his cloak, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, and a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Okay, we're going to stop there. A couple principles. On the backside of the mountain, as Elijah is crashing, notice he, he is walking to Horeb, to the mountain of God, to get into the presence of God. But before he enters into the presence of God, he needs to take a nap. How does God care for Elijah through his angel? Think about it. He cooks him food and gives him a nappy time. He's exhausted. Elijah is saying, take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. He's hit his low point, not just because of honest spiritual reflection, it's because he's exhausted. 
He's been running too hard. He's burnt, you know, if we were modern people, we'd say Elijah has burnt through his adrenal glands. He is out of whack. He needs a vacation. He needs to lay down for a little bit. He needs to build some strength or the journey will be too much. Okay, so here's the principle. Here's the principle. Sometimes to prepare for the presence of God, we just need to take a nap. Sometimes the holiest thing you can do is eat some food to build some time and space to recover before you take the long journey. If you think about the holidays, if it's the most wonderful busy time of year, can I just admonish you, urge you, don't just sprint from thing to thing. Build a buffer zone to take a nap. If you're going to have a stressful holiday season, before you sprint into the stress, take a day or two before you go there. Here's the principle I've been working on in my life. I can't always do this, but whenever possible, what I found is I should take a day off before I go on vacation. I found that because what would happen is I would work my rear off all the way up to the moment I took vacation, which meant I would enter into vacation stressed and I would spend the first two days of my vacation just trying to like de-escalate my stress level to enter in with my family. What I found is if before we went on vacation, I just took a day or two to chill out, you know, clean up my bedroom, make sure that I have a nap or two, get myself rested before I went into vacation. See, we have this mythology that says if you go on vacation, you know, like going and hanging out with your family is going to be restful. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I, I don't, I guess I don't find family holidays restful. Like, I find them deeply enjoyable and meaningful, but I need to take a nap after I'm around that many people eating, you know, eggnog pie and, you know, drinking eggnog and thinking about eggnog. You you need to take a nap, man. So I just think Elijah's teaching us something. In other words, his physical self needed to be tended to before he could go on the journey God had for him. God cared for Elijah by just letting him get physically recharged. And you are likely not more physically or spiritually strong than Elijah. So as you head into the most wonderful busy time of year, here's the first thing I want you to think about just looking at Elijah. Could you take some time, schedule some time to build a little buffer for you to rest? Like intentionally, think about it intentionally. What if inside of your holiday season you were able to build intentional time, not just to rush from here to there, from here to there, but to have a day where you chilled out at home, (laughs) to have uh, an hour or two every day where there was no noise around, where you could read a book or take a nap. Start thinking now, not just how to plan out your holiday travel, but how to plan out your holiday rest. Think about it that way. Then once God had fed Elijah, what did he do? God brought Elijah into his presence, but notice the presence of the Lord. It was so interesting. There was a shattering wind. There was an earthquake. There was a fire. But God wasn't in the earthquake, the wind, or the fire. He was in the whisper. And in order to hear a whisper, you have to be quiet. It's not always that God comes in the whisper. There are times he comes in the whirlwind. Think of the end of Job where God shows up in a whirlwind. But Christmas time, 
Jesus came into the world like a whisper, not a whirlwind. I mean, there were angelic hosts praising God, but they were doing it with shepherds. And he came like a winter snow, soft and quiet, in a nobody place with nobody around. He came with a teenage mother in an unlikely union with Joseph. He came in a whisper. So why would we think we would hear him in a whirlwind? If Christmas is a whirlwind activity for you, how will you hear the voice of God in the whisper? And so, in the midst of the holiday hustle and bustle, not only am I asking you, build, think right now about your schedule, build some time to rest into your holiday plans, but also build some time to rest and be quietly with God into every day this holiday season. Advent is a good way to do that. So maybe grab an Advent book. Start the first uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving. And just every day, before you begin anything else, start your day with time alone with God. Slow down. Read something slowly. Drink your coffee slowly. The rest of your day, you might go 150 miles an hour, but you need to go 15 right now. You need to slow down. You need to begin your day in rest. Don't set your alarm. The minute you need to get up and rush out the door, add 15 minutes in so you start slow. Start slow. Because you're not going to hear the voice of God in the whisper if your life's a whirlwind, friends. So let's go back to our basic premise that we've been working off here. Your body matters to God. And the physical care of your body, from what you eat to how you sleep to the hustle and bustle of your schedule, we have to give attention to that if we hope to see spiritual and personal growth. Because we're not just spiritual people, we're physical people. And so if you know you're coming up on a time of year that will tax the body with stress, and Christmas is that, from the hustle and bustle of shopping to the financial pressure of all of the expenses that you have to all of the obligations, the 15 different holiday parties, jamming your body full of sugar every moment of the day, let's not be ignorant that the fact of the matter is your body will keep the score of the holiday season. Your body will have that stress on it. So let's intentionally, carefully think about rest. Just like Elijah Let's not let the mountaintop moment of Christmas mean we crash on the backside coming down. Instead, let's be intentional. Let's build some days of rest, some space of rest. Let's build nap time into holiday time, friends. And every day of Advent, let's find a book. Let's find time to just start our days slow. Start our days with Christ and see if giving attention to the physical self won't actually create a powerful spiritual opportunity this Advent season, where instead of being caught up in the whirlwind of life, you have a little space to hear the whisper of the voice of God. I'm hopeful that'll help you. That's what I'm going to try to do this holiday season too. And I bet I have moments where the whirlwind overtakes me, but I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget that sometimes to hear the whisper, you have to slow down. You have to pay attention to the body. You have to rest. You have to let God care for you, not only on the mountaintop of Carmel with a 
word of fire, but also with the food in the nap. They're the way God loves his people because he cares about you. He made your body. Pay attention to it. And I hope it'll help you to be faithful to the Lord this Advent season.